We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Alrighty, <coughs> so we have now completed Ayahs 20, uh, 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 completed all the way up through Ayahs, uh, Ayah 24. And now we are on Ayah 25, and things will get, inshallah, a little bit even more interesting than they have been uh, over the past uh, couple of classes. So let's take a look at what we have. So hopefully you can see the screen share. <coughs> still see the screen share despite my technical difficulties at my end. And, and so <coughs> we're now looking at I-25. Wabashir al-lazina amanu. Wabashir. So Bashir here is single, uh, singular, grammatically singular. Al-lazina amanu wa'amilu salihat. So give good news to those who believe and do right that they will have, in fact, let's do it here. Uh, who believe and do right, that they will have uh, gardens beneath which rivers flow. And every time they're provided from it, meaning from the, from the gardens beneath which rivers flow, of the fruits, every time they're provided of the, flu of the fruits, as provision, they say, this is something that was provided to us before. And they will be given like it, mutashabiha. And for them, and it is also uh, pure spouses. And for them is eternity. Okay. So <clears throat> this is now the third command. But let's talk about that aspect last. First, let's talk about everything in this third command. So I'm going to stop this screen share and then take you to one of our, our wonderful whiteboard. Okay, so the ayah says, give good news to those who believe and do right. First question to consider is <clears throat> what is the relationship between, or how would you distinguish between doing right versus doing good? Anyone, preferably people who have not done this lesson with me, but anyone, uh, how would you distinguish between doing right and doing good? Anyone, either use the microphone or use the chat box. So, so fifth versus the self, uh, please put that into simple language for, for, for everyone. Good is for the benefit of the others. Right is by God's standards. Uh, uh, Muhammad al-Rahma, what Allah decided, does not give us a, a, um, 
does that tell us anything? Okay, semi, good equals positive outcome, right equals correct. Mm. Good is subjective. I like, I like how Sarum loves the subjective objective thing. So I like requirements versus doing better and better. Ah, I see what you're saying. Okay. So in a nutshell, we're saying here uh, what Sammy is saying and what Stephanie is saying, and then Liba is saying, well, sometimes the right choice isn't necessarily a good option. Sure. And then vice versa. So, so to make it, uh, to make this point in an example, <clears throat> suppose I, I have a regular corporate job and my boss comes to me and says, I'm giving you this project and I'm going to collect this project from you uh, after some time. So get to work on the project. And I say, okay. And five weeks go by and the boss comes back to me and says, okay, did you do the project? I need the project. And I respond by saying, no, I didn't do the project, but because of all the plagues that have been going around, I disinfected all the bathrooms and I bought everyone plastic gloves as well as masks. Yeah. And that had nothing to do with my project. Yeah. So did I do something good or did I do something right? Based on my example, I did something good. So something right is according to what Allah Ta'ala dictates. So let's do a different color. So this would be according to prescriptions. Mahan Mirza, mashallah, deontological versus consequentialist ethics, excellent. You can translate that into English for everyone else. D duty versus outcome. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So duty here is is doing right versus outcome would be doing good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ideally, they'll both align, but they don't always. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It, in our understanding. Duty, yeah. So doing good is multiple possible sources. It could be cultural. Okay. And so as, as Dr. Mahan mentioned, the two may not align. So Sarah Attar saying that I was in class that literally covering this uh, literally 10 minutes ago, mashallah. Okay, so, so the point is that doing good is not synonymous with doing right. And this is also a hint of an answer <clears throat> to the question, well, what if someone just does good their whole life? Shouldn't they go to paradise? Yeah. That's not the whole answer, but it's a hint of the answer. All right, now the next question is, why do we find these two together all the time? Right? Iman, which is belief here, amil saleh, which is to do right, over and over again. And very briefly, my computer has crashed on this one. Um, so why do we find the two uh, together so frequently? Belief. Uh, so doing something right is not always perceived as good by the broader population. Excellent, because believing doesn't mean you'll be doing what is right. Uh, I would say Ahmed Abul Hasna sort of the opposite uh, uh, because people believe it's synonymous. 
more simply than, than what you're saying, I'm saying your actions will reveal what you what you actually believe. So Sarah Latara is saying to manifest one's faith externally. Yeah. So your actions will reveal uh, what you believe. Simple example, think all the way back to the beginning uh, when we were discussing uh, the, the meaning or the definition of an ilah. And I was making the point that what you take uh, as an ilah in your heart might be different than what you are revealing from your lip service. So I might claim to take Allah as my ilah, but if you look at my actions, you might see that my dependence is on something else, like money or some, some, some other uh, uh, source. And so your belief will be revealed by way of your actions. Sammy says, because the right thing to do is often good when in doubt, picking what is good has a better chance to be right. Uh, your points are all correct. I'm saying make it even just more and more simply. Simply put, your actions are reveal or reveal what your belief is. Yeah. And so it doesn't mean that your actions are always going to be perfect. Uh, but uh, when you detect that your actions are off the mark, then you're also seeking forgiveness, revealing what your belief is. So what are we saying again? Is that when, uh, and I'm going to unfortunately have to draw this screen again very briefly. So we talked about belief plus doing right. Your actions will reveal your true belief. Even think, for example, <clears throat> when we spoke about hypocrisy, when we spoke about hypocrisy, we said that, uh, that, you know, for example, these attributes, if you do them, you are that percentage of a hypocrite, telling lies, uh, betraying trust, not keeping commitments, losing control of your emotions when you get emotional, all those are actions. They will reveal what you truly believe, holistically, okay. Uh, what if something you believe is right, uh, right is actually not, okay, some of those questions, let's save until, the end of the class inshallah. Okay, having said that, let's talk now about the things that are that are being promised to those who believe and do right. The ayah is promising four things, and if you have the ayah in front of you, um, it's easy to, to see. In fact, why don't you all go through, look at ayah 25, and list out for us the uh, four things that are being promised here to the people of paradise. And feel free to say them or type them while I write this. So one is gardens beneath which rivers flow. Uh, what's another one? The fruits of the gardens. What else? What is number three? The pure spouses. And number four is eternity. Oops, I spelled letter T wrong. So among the things that people are being promised 
of paradise. Here's four of them. Gardens beneath which rivers flow. And then when they partake of the fruits of these gardens, they're gonna recognize these as something they've had before. And that's what they, they will be given like that. And then pure spouses and then eternity. So- Were you not gonna impart any value to the rivers itself? Well, that's what we're about to talk about, yeah, inshallah, yeah. What would you like to share? I mean, water has this uh, uh, quality of uh, refreshing, rejuvenation, freshness. Keep going. Uh, so, so what, about, what about the water with Nuh? Peace be upon him. Huh? What about the water with Noah or the water with, with Pharaoh? What do you think? Yeah, but this is this is being uh, presented in, like, uh, in a very positive manner. Uh, and it's basically being presented as a characteristic, a, fe a feature of the, uh, of the garden. I mean, yeah. in our contemporary would be like waterfront property, prime, prime waterfront property. Yeah, I mean, I think we can add to that. What else are we saying about the gardens that they're self-irrigating? Right. So yeah, I mean, I would agree with you that uh, uh, gardens beneath which rivers flow um, is, is describing all of this. That, if you're counting that one, then, you know, the similarity of the fruits which they can recognize is also another. Okay. I got an idea. How about both of you talk to each other and then we'll actually teach the class here, inshallah. Okay. So, <laughs> one speaks, the other person has to speak, mashallah. So, here's what we're saying here. Good. So, think of in dunya some of the more famous gardens. Anyone? The, uh, whether we're speaking of the world today or in history, what are the famous gardens? Okay, Baha'i, interesting. Uh, where is this? The gardens of Shalimar, botanical gardens, hanging gardens of Babylon are one of the big ones. Okay, so what are the big, big ones? It would be like the hanging gardens of Babylon. It would be uh, the Versailles uh, in, in France. Uh, what is part of this? The gardens are, oh, mashallah, Kirsten Bush. Okay, what's, what is part of the image of a garden? So what's being stated is gardens, oh no, not again. Okay, let me repeat. Okay, so, see, this is what happens. I tried to correct Dr. Kazi and, and Dr. Malahat, and I had to pay for it. Anyway, so, what are we saying here? That we have gardens, but what are gardens often? They're often the, the decoration for a palace. So, explicitly stated is gardens beneath which rivers flow, but we find mentioned over and over again, especially in the Hadith literature, is the palaces. So when you and I are being told that we're being promised gardens beneath which rivers flow, it's implicit that we're also getting palaces along with these gardens. Okay. And then as was mentioned, uh, uh, as was mentioned by Dr. Kazi, that 
okay, you have this fresh, refreshing water, this continuing supply of water, and then what else is it doing? It's also self-irrigating in these gardens. Yeah. And then regarding the fruits, uh, uh, what are we saying here? A couple things. Fruits, this particular use of fruit, thamar, thamar, uh, in the Quranic context often has two meanings as opposed to fawakih. So one meaning is basically fruits like banana, mango, all those things. The other is the fruits of your labor. And so understand this both ways. One is that in paradise, the fruits in paradise will be very much like the fruits in earth, but the paradise version of the fruits in, in earth. So those of you who love mangoes, those of you who love oranges, those of you who love bananas, those of you who love strawberries, uh, in paradise, you will have the paradise version of those fruits in earth. And so try to even imagine what that means, both in terms of look and taste, but you will recognize something familiar about this. And then what else are we saying? You are also going to see the fruits of your labor. Good. And so you will recognize in paradise, oh, Allah Ta'ala is giving me this garden or this palace or this fruit because of this specific deed, deed that I did in dunya. Just like we always narrate, if you say subhanallah, what do you get if you say subhanallah? Each time you say subhanallah, I just said it three times, you get a tree planted for you that is so large that it takes a thoroughbred racehorse over 65 years to run its circumference. Good. So think about how fast a racehorse goes upwards of 50 miles an hour. Now imagine continuous running a circumference of 55 miles per hour for 65 years. And so do the math to figure out how gigantic one of those trees is for saying subhanAllah. So then you will see that tree and you'll recognize Allah Ta'ala is giving me this because of this subhanAllah that I sent back then, that I said way back in my dunya wee life. And then pure spouses. This is, this is especially in terms of contemporary uh, conversation. This becomes one of the, the big questions. What is this talking about? So <clears throat> if we read latter surahs, for example, in terms of Surah Ar-Rahman, Surah 55, Surah Al-Waqi'ah, Surah 56, then it speaks about these, these huris, these fair, wide-eyed virgins. Um, here, it is gender inclusive, azwajum mutahara. It is not gender exclusive. So in general, you'll be able to trace back every single good deed. Yes, inshallah, as well as the rahmah that you're given on top of that. Okay, so here is pure spouses. Spouses that are 100% loyal to you, 100% focused on you. They can be potentially your spouses in dunya. I mean, we'll see, we'll see how much people will still want that by the time the quarantine is done. But the point is still that, uh, that this is also something that you will have um, in, in uh, dunya. And then eternity. And so the interesting thing about the language here is we're using earth language, but we're not only using earth language, we're using language focused on Arabs at the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Yeah. And so to make the point about number four, is well, what happened here to make the point about number four when in our earth language we're thinking of eternity we think of uh it's going to go on forever now what does that mean in paradise allah knows best time probably does not apply paradise does have days but the consciousness of a time becomes very different so it's often easier to understand this as you will abide therein yeah. 
Now, what else is taking place uh, in terms of the focus that this is on Arabs of the 600s? Uh, like, who is that? I think Fazar Rahman mentions. Okay, gardens beneath which rivers flow might be appealing if I'm living in a desert. Okay. As opposed to, suppose I'm in Bangladesh, where I have so many months of monsoon season, this is probably not going to be all that appealing. Yeah. But what is built into this ownership and luxury? So for an Arab man in the 600s, that may manifest as gardens beneath which rivers flow and palaces and everything. For a woman in Chicago in 2020, that might be something different. Fruits, so we said, uh, like Earth's nourishment. Uh, I think there's someone who might need to mute themselves. to make this point about like Earth's nourishment even simpler, I'm going to call it nourishment. Actually, let's just leave it for convenience. And then again, eternity. Now, what are we saying here? That these things <laughs> that people work towards in dunya, so think about all your big projects in dunya, especially things like career. Uh, your aspirations are probably one or more of these four things. To earn enough to be able to provide. Possibly to be able to provide with some amount of, of comfort. Some careers, we're seeking the fruits of our labor. Uh, or we're seeking nourishment, or we're seeking companionship. And especially as we're getting older, a sense of legacy. So we're saying all these things that people aspire to in this dunya, if you believe and do right, you will have all of these things with Allah. Now, if you think of all the aspirations a person would possibly seek, more than likely, it will probably fit into one of these in this list. Depends on how specific we want to get. If we generalize it, almost all of these will fit into. Almost everything a person would seek out of life will fit into one or more of these things. Like someone who wants to fulfill their dreams, they want to see the fruits of their labor. Uh, and then ownership is a very, very big one here. And of course, or for all the, the undergrads, companionship. Yeah. 
So what are we saying here that paradise is, is offering all of these things with Allah? Now by with Allah, we mean this multiple ways. One is, as you and I know, our depictions of paradise are very, very vivid, very sensory, very sensual. So for example, the homes in the lowest level of paradise are made out of pearls and they're 100 feet high. That's the lowest level of paradise. What to think of what the top level of paradise is like. And then as you and I know, in terms of nourishment, that there are these rivers flowing. And if you wanted something, the river actually goes right up to you of honey, of non-intoxicating wine, of this super pure water, of this delicious milk. And then companionship. Uh, this is often the, the, the discussion, especially when we're talking from the perspective of Islamophobes and such, but you will have companionship. And it is said that your favorite companionship will be with your spouse from Dunya. And then, of course, eternity, timelessness. And the way it will play out is that on the first day of paradise, Allah Ta'ala is going to uh, ask all of us, okay, uh, are you happy with what I've given you? I'm paraphrasing. And then we're all going to say, how can we not be happy? And then the next day of paradise is going to be even better than the previous day of paradise. And it'll be the same conversation. And then the next day will be even better. Yeah. And so, so those all, we're speaking of the luxurious things of paradise, but we're also saying, well, where does this arrow come from? We're also saying that with Allah directly is the highest of all these things. So companionship with Allah. The fruits of all these efforts in dunya to meet Allah. as though your nourishment comes from facing Allah face to face. And then that becomes the ultimate pleasure that a human can possibly experience is interaction with Allah. So imagine how wonderful paradise will be as it is where the prophet peace be upon him in one narration says a bow, you know, it's like a meter, you know, meter and a half long of of Akhira, of paradise, is better than all that this universe contains. And then on top of that, we're also being taught in some narrations that an eyelash of paradise is better than all that the universe contains. But that's just talking about the basic stuff of paradise. What we're saying is that even better than all that is to have this with Allah Ta'ala, the most luxurious, exhilarating, pleasurable thing is interaction with Allah. Okay. So now, that's what's being given to the people of paradise. Now let's talk about the actual command. So once again, uh, someone remind us what ayah is command number one in? So Surah 2, ayah 21. Uh, command number two. Uh, command number two is I-22. Then we had some conditional commands. Meaning, if this is your situation, then do the following. 
So we're going to call those A and B. And now command number three. So command number three is to give good news to those who believe and do right, that they will have all of these things. Whoops. So now think about what we spoke about with command one. What was command one essentially telling me to do? The command is be the abd of your rub. What is it telling me to do? It's to have, to internalize this attitude, this disposition that whatever Allah Ta'ala tells me to do, I'm going to do. And I'm going to see this nourishing. And then command two said, if I'm taking, if I know that I'm making anything a rival to Allah, turn away from it. Good. And now command three is giving me an action to do. Which is to seek out those people who are believing and doing right. And tell them that may Allah reward them. I mean, this is one set of words. It's not limited to this. Okay. To believe and do right, those who believe and do right, that they will have gardens beneath which rivers flow. But now think about what's built into this. Looking for the right of what people are doing. Okay, why is this point important? Because it is very easy to fall into the trap of looking at the wrong that people are doing, right? Because that's what shaitan wants. Shaitan wants you to focus on the wrong of what everyone's doing. This is now taking control of what you look at, what you focus on. And when you see people are doing right, that's what you're focusing on, as opposed to when people are doing wrong. 
So that point alone, before looking at the rest of the command, if the command was look for the right and what people are doing, what would you say would be some of the effects on the person who's doing it, you know, psychologically? If you're focused on the right that people are doing, which will often overlap the good, the good that people are doing. One is that they'll keep it up, absolutely. What else? What else will this do? It'll make a someone much more optimistic, inshallah, because you're looking at the positive. And then this should, inshallah, start developing these other attitudes that everyone's mentioning, inspiring people, feeling more loved toward each other, um, that your fitra is going to come alive. They'll live up, the good, live up to the good, give up the bad. They'll keep doing those actions, do more of those actions, some more actions, help self-improvement. Okay, here we were just talking about looking for this. So now if you are then saying to people, may Allah Ta'ala reward you with the best. May Allah Ta'ala reward you with good. What is it going to do if people are saying that to me when I do something right, when I do something good? Help communication skills, social skills, absolutely. Reassurance, absolutely. Encouragement. And so what else is this going to do? This is going to bring people together more and more. If you're focusing, if you're training your focus to only see the good of what people do. Okay? So this doesn't mean you have to get into other people's business. This is not what we're saying. But when you see people doing good, then express to them the reward. And when someone hears it, naturally, it's going to have a positive response. So think about the prophet, may peace be upon him, in his time is he's saying, if you want to spread love, if you want to increase love with each other, do what? Spread the salam. And, and you and I know the opposite feeling, right? We say salam back and forth like it's routine. And almost nobody has something like that as their routine interaction. But you and I all know the feeling that if you say salam and someone doesn't respond, then it feels very jarring. And then now we're taking this a step further, that when you see someone doing right, you're expressing them, may Allah reward you. Another way to say this is, barakallahu fikum. Okay. May Allah put blessings in you. Okay. And so now we're going to have some fun. And let's first stop the share. No, wait. Stop the share. No. Hold on. Okay. So now we're going to have a little bit of fun. Uh, people who I know who have who know other people in this call, you're going to have to start doing that. So notice, for example, <coughs> at the end of every call, uh, you know, I end with dua, and then I say, "May Allah Taala reward you all." Okay. So let's make this interesting. All right, Sammy, I'm unmuting you. Can you hear up? Can you respond if you can hear us? I can hear you. Okay. Not to me, but to someone else in this call whom you know. Okay, so all of you, inshallah, are doing right. You're doing good and right because you're in a Quran class. Okay. Sammy, pick, uh, pick at least one other person and say, may Allah reward, identify who you're talking to and say, may Allah reward you for and then whatever it is for entry for being part of this call or something else so pick anybody in this call you know other than me dr kazi may allah reward you for always greeting us when we join the call 
Okay, very nice, mashallah. All right, Dr. Kazi, you have to go. for expiating my sins. Okay, you got to repeat that because uh, you have to repeat that because Allah reward you for expiating my sins. Okay, you know this is totally a backhanded statement. Went down the wrong wormhole for that one. Okay, how about uh, late? Uh, I like how your smile went away. Okay, pick somebody <laughs> in the call that you know and express the same thing. Oh man, who do I know? <clears throat> do Omar? You know, you uh, have your wife in the call right next to you. <laughs> Stephanie, Zakhla <laughs> there for um, having dinner with me. Oh, okay, okay very nice. Okay. <laughs> that's really good. Uh, Muhammad Abu Rahma, pick somebody on the call. Oh, okay. So, Ahmed Abu Hasna, may Allah reward you for teaching me a lot when you were my roommate. Yeah, very good. Ahmad Abu Hasna, pick somebody. Quick, quick. Hello? Yes. Um, is we, I think Wissam Shahid is in the call. Um, may Allah reward you for that bonfire two years ago at your house. That was literally amazing. All right. <laughs> okay. Laiba, Laiba Zia. Yes. Okay, express it to somebody in the call other than me. Um, Mr. Williams, may Allah reward you for always being a source of positivity in everyone's life. Okay, mashallah. Mr. Williams, uh, you have to unmute yourself. Somebody else in the call other than uh, Laiba, may Allah reward you for being a... Okay, Wonderful. <laughs> She's the only one I know, uh, oh, other than you. Um, Laiba, may uh, Allah reward you for being a wonderful daughter, a great big sister, and a wonderful student. Okay, very good, mashallah. Basit Majid. How about your wife, Basit? <laughs> that, that's the problem. <laughs> Samina, may Allah reward you for not being a drag when I come home from work. All right, anyway, okay, very good. Okay. Uh, Olfats, uh, uh, you're calling from a different country. I don't know if you know other people in this call, so you can pick somebody randomly by name other than me. Um, I actually know Muhammad Kibria from Faith Foundation six years ago. Mm. So, may Allah reward you for the work you do with the community. Okay, very nice, mashallah. And how about, uh, how about Yasna? Uh, I don't know, does your microphone work, Yasna? Or we can do Sadim. Uh, Sadim. We need your microphone wherever you are. Uh, Assalamu alaikum. Um, I'd like to reward my dad, uh, Dr. Malahat, for well, reminding me to take this class every day. Okay, yeah. okay. very good. And let's see, last but not least, Ahans. Again, not me, someone else, anybody in the call, even if you know nobody. No, no, I know. Um, sorry, I was going to interrupt you real quick. Um, Abu Hasna, may Allah reward you for being inclusive to me 
uh, in the Loyola community. And if Anzari was in the call, I would also do the same to him. Okay, very good. Okay, I was not last but not, uh, not last or least, uh, Hannah, uh, give us, uh, express the reward to someone. Nasheen, may Allah reward you for taking care of your family and taking care of your patients in the hospital. Okay, very, very nice, mashallah. Okay, so reflections. How did it feel to say it? How did it feel to receive it? What about me? <laughs> Where's this voice coming from? Oh, Nasheen. Okay, go for it, Dr. Nasheen. Everyone wants to participate. This is amazing. I would like to, um, yes, I think I would like to thank Allah for, um, for Suleiman for helping me fold the laundry while we're listening to your lecture. Oh, nice, mashallah. Okay, very good. Anybody else want to jump in if you like, like you're left out? Omar al-Khadra. Okay, Omar al-Khadra wants to go. Okay. Uh, I don't see where you are right now, Omar, but I know you're somewhere in the call. Your turn. Um, this is uh, for Stephanie. Okay. Stephanie, may Allah reward you for keeping life in check. Okay. Right. Uh, how about Donna? Where did you go? Donna Al-Shami. Yeah. Um, I would like to say may Allah reward Sara Al-Attad for sharing um, a spreadsheet of Islamic resources during the quarantine. Okay, very nice, mashallah. How about Sara? It might take a moment for me to find where you are in this call. Are you there, Sara? Oh, there you are, Sara. Okay. Pick anybody. Dana, um, may Allah reward you for sharing this class with me because otherwise I would not be, I would not be learning right now. Okay. So I'm really appreciative, alhamdulillah. Very good, alhamdulillah. Anybody else want to express? Um, Anyone else? Where's his voice? Assalamu This is Musab. Hey, Musab. Um, I want to reward you, Omar. No, 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 not me yet. Oh, not you? Okay, um, I want to reward my brother for hanging out with me today. Okay, mashallah. Okay. Uh, Iyad, how about you? I couldn't have thought. Someone else is going to be go for you. He had to clear his throat for this one. Um, I'd say Jalak to be Sam for being such a positive influence while we were at Loyola together. Okay, mashallah. I thought he was going to talk about Wissam's cousin, but mashallah anyway, which is Iyad's fiance. Anyone else? Anyone else want to jump in? Okay. Can I go? Yeah, who are you? Uh, Wissam, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I just want to say khairan to everyone in this uh, call for just, uh, I mean, it's really cool to have a community of people online every night just wanting to learn about Islam and big time to uh, Sheikh Omar Muzaffar. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's oh, to everyone, so. Okay, very good, mashallah. And Wissam, in case you all don't know, is the person most likely to be voted mayor in his community. Okay, very, very good. So, so, uh, I mean, no, it's not that I don't like to be praised. It's that, I mean, if we're going to be technical, all you guys should be praising me anyway. So, but how does it feel to receive and how does it feel to say it? Anyone? Saying it is better. Okay, I'm not asking either or. I'm asking how does it, how does it feel to focus, to notice the good things that people are doing, the right things that people are doing, and expressing the praise, expressing the prayers, and 
to receive it. Yes, you feel very warm, very good energy. What else? Feels good to think of something positive. Absolutely. And so it was nice hearing people say to each other, definitely a lot uh, better than people arguing. Yes, receiving it feels humble, humbling. Absolutely encourages to do better. Think of the happiness of others. I feel special. Yes, antidepressant effect. Very nice. You should not go on your antidepressants if you're taking my classes. Just, just let me know. But yeah, this is this is beneficial. Inshallah. Good vibes. Good way to put it. And so, so think about now from this point forward, putting this into practice. And, and so consider this to be an instruction upon all of us uh, from this point forward. And what is also fascinating is after the first command was about our relationship with Allah, and the second command was our relationship with Allah, you would think the third command would be something like establish your prayers. Doesn't come for 70 ayahs. You would think that the first command, the next command would be about charity. Doesn't come for 70 ayahs. If we're talking about zakat, if we're talking about sadaqah itself, it doesn't come until even much later. And the third command is our relationship with each other. First two, our relationship with the law. The third one is our relationship with each other. And thus we have one of the, and again, repeating one of the central threads throughout the entire Islamic tradition, going back to the very first lesson, connection. We spoke about the connection with the letter Ba of Bismillah, and then expanded that to relationships because one of the aspects of the Day of Judgment is going to be paying everybody back for whatever we've done, and then further, we've spoken about the we in you alone, we worship, you alone, we ask for help, guide us on the straight path. And we talked about the ummah from there. And now we're seeing that the third command is this, which I find to be very, very profound. Okay, where's the line between overpraising and complimenting? <laughs> so uh, in a very, very simple nutshell, um, it should be a direct correlation. If you're overpraising someone, then it's probably no longer genuine. Um, and so, so, so uh, it should be, there should be some logical connection, right? If I'm getting overpraised, then automatically I start tuning out. Um, and so uh, other questions. There are some questions all the way at the top that, that I haven't gone through. Um, if you can repost those questions, I would appreciate that. Uh, Saral Atara has a question. Why is eternity such an important virtue to human beings, such that it's a desire that fulfills in Jannah, described so often in the Quran? Uh, Sara, I think uh, uh, this is especially when someone is facing their own mortality, this becomes a, a, a higher level thing. Meaning this is something when I was in my 20s, I didn't think much about. Now at my age, however long, much longer, I'll look at for me to last. Uh, now it's as though in my psychology, my time is, is running out. So... Uh, I think it's something uh, related to our thoughts about uh, the temporariness of this world. I had a question uh, regarding whether the definition of fruit you had described was the same as the definition of the story of Adam. There's no fruit in the story of Adam, peace be upon him, uh, nor is there in the Bible. There's no apple. Uh, that comes either from John Milton. I don't even know if it's there or it just comes from Snow White, but it, it's, uh, it's neither in the Bible uh, nor in the Quran. In the Quran, where they told, don't come near the tree. And then they came near the tree. Uh, any other questions? 
Can you quickly recap why Ola mentioned those who believe in do good here and everywhere? Um, that you can, uh, we'll have Muhammad Abu Rahma uh, uh, give you the notes. Was the Quran organized by instruction of the Prophet or was it the work of later generations? This was in yesterday's discussion. Uh, this is, uh, it was by the, it was by, by the Prophet, peace be upon him, according to the instruction of Jibreel alayhi salam. Any other questions? Two more. Uh, with everyone being young for eternity in paradise, does it mean that there would be no reproduction? Is it precisely mentioned somewhere? That, I don't know that it's precisely mentioned somewhere. Uh, uh, so Allah knows best about, about reproduction. Uh, but keep in mind, being young in paradise doesn't mean that you can't have reproduction. That's earth rules. Can you explain the version thing? Spouses for everyone versus versions for men. No, 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 no. Spouses for everyone. But... Uh, but uh, in, in, in terms of what is also being specifically mentioned are these wide-eyed versions. Um, that was something of, of joy for, for those particular heirs of that generation. Uh, we do find this uh, in many, many different cultures, um, um, some appeal for that, but uh, uh, that's a very cultural thing. Uh, regarding good versus right, is doing good primarily involved? Uh, you're not gonna. I can't use the. I can't understand these. This Arabic English uh, texting language. So blank and interactions with others while doing right is mostly about acts of ibadah or general things reserved for Allah. Or what would be a good example of the difference? Uh, okay. So what I think you're saying is uh, that word is muamalat. Uh, so doing right would be those things that Allah Taala has prescribed to do. So for example, you know this third command is not an act of ibadah. And this would be part of doing uh, what is right. Uh, Lutfi, let me know if that answers your question. Does everybody get to interact with Allah, not necessarily see, just interact? Everyone in paradise will get to see Allah. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he, he, he brings some Sahaba together uh, in the night when the moon is full and he asks the companions, can, can you all see the moon? And he says, yeah. Did you need to crowd her out? No, I'm paraphrasing. And he's saying it'll be even easier to see Allah in paradise for all of us. But then imagine at each higher level of paradise, the type of interaction increases. Is it true we're going to be similar to the likeness of Adam and Jannah, peace be upon him? Uh, that is one of the theories Allah knows best. A question that I received for some reason quite a bit today was, you know, what are we going to look like in paradise? And so naturally, you know, all of you in paradise will want to look like no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So you will look like whatever it is you, you want to look like in paradise, inshallah. You know, Ahan probably wants to, wants to look like Amitabh Bachchan, and then Abu Rahma probably wants to look like Abu Hasna. And yeah. Any other questions? I, I got a question. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, you know, um, you mentioned the garden as something that uh, would speci be specially appealing to Arabs being in the yes. desert. Yeah. And maybe not as appealing to someone who's in the tropics and someone who's in Chicago in the 20th century, 21st century may imagine different things. And so, you know, abstracting these things out from the verses, are you indicating that what's in the verses may not be literal? So, and would that then also apply to the fire? Okay. Very good question, mashallah. I would say, that the common opinion is that it is literal, but paradise is not limited to that. So there will be gardens, and it may be that what I in Chicago am seeking of paradise will manifest as a type of garden. Okay. 
Uh, but the point being that it is literal, not limited to that, which means by definition, it is also metaphorical. But I'm not saying it's metaphorical over literal. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, thanks. Okay, sure. yeah. Adding to that, doesn't that go against the concept of the universality of the Quran? That is a very good question, which we would have to figure out how to address in terms of uh, Islamic law. Because think about it this way, uh, a live on relationship to your question. What is the easiest indication that the Quran is to some degree culturally specific? The easiest indication is that it's in a particular language. And so by definition, there's some translating that has to be done. And so the, the question is, how far does the translation go? Does the translated go? So one level is to translate it from the Arabic to whatever degree I can into my language, which would then also mean translating it from the idioms of the Quran into my idioms or the cultural specificities of the Quran into my specificities. But then also this becomes really big of an issue in terms of Islamic law. So the Islamic law, so, uh, so the Quran says in terms of taking out a loan, have witnesses, you can have two men or one man and two women. And so does that mean in, in Chicago 2020 where a man and woman's uh, witness is equal, does that, uh, do we do one man and two women? Back then, that was radical. You know, in our language, that was progressive to give women agency. For us, that seems backwards. And so, so what is the view on the universality of the Quran? Is that everything is there with enough information to then make it a universal text. So it is at the same time in its, in its text, culturally specific, it's Arabic. And the context of the Arabs at the time in Mecca and Medina was that it was fiercely patriarchal, so it looks like it's talking to men. And yet our belief is that it has everything to then apply for all time and place. And so, for example, in Islamic law, this often refers to the, the, to the development of what we call the awaid, which is essentially taking uh, an, uh, an ayah that seems culturally specific for that time and extracting what is the universal principle that we can agree upon in, in the ayahs. So that's a super short version of the answer, and let me know if that uh, makes sense. Uh, Stephanie, to that point, how do we illustrate paradise for a person not of that culture then with the same effect it originally had? Well, regarding the same effect it originally had, that's, um, that's a harder question to answer because what is, we don't know what the effect is that it had for them. But a way to think about it for yourself is, you know, what would paradise be for you? If we look at those four categories, ownership and luxury, uh, the fruits of your labor, companionship, uh, and eternity, then think about from that perspective. Because even of those four, maybe one of those four might appeal more than, than the others. Any other last questions about anything? I'm sorry, we've gone way over time. Uh, any other questions? Uh, why is it appearing here, but not over there? Uh, how to be a more loving community, how to love ourselves and each other. I would suggest we should be practicing, well, this was sent directly, uh, privately to me, but we should be practicing uh, command number three all of us and us to each other, starting from that perspective. Anything uh, else? Where's yeah, this yes. uh, I want to ask, isn't there a command also to save yourself in the middle? Can you tell me where it is? Is that okay. a sort of command? Okay, so that, so that I'm looking at as, as a conditional uh, command in IS 23 and 24. 
because the pho is basically a, a, a like a therefore type thing. Anything else? Okay, we will stop right here. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. May Allah tell and reward you all. And we will continue, inshallah, tomorrow. Uh, same time, same channel. May Allah Allah give you all the blessings of this life and the hereafter. Amen. May Allah give you afia. Amen for all of us. And sahad al-kamila in this life. Amen. Amen for all of us. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.